Hello everyone, welcome to Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for joining me today. So it's Friday and I was supposed to do a podcast on Monday, but I was in Disneyland. So I thought that this was a great opportunity to do a Disneyland uh, podcast and to talk about my trip and kind of the new stuff that's going on with Disney because of COVID, how it was, like all the Christmas stuff. Um, And then talk about a little bit about the history of Disney because I mentioned this in the last um, podcast, but I have been familiar and I've read books and stuff about Walt Disney like himself, but I haven't read that much about the history of Disneyland specifically. Like I have watched a bunch of videos about it and stuff like that, but there are a lot of things that I learned um, in this research about the history of the actual land that I did not know before. So um, yes, we are going to be talking about my trip and all of this crazy COVID stuff and how it applies to Disney. There are no fast passes anymore. That'll just be a clue cliffhanger. There's no fast passes anymore, which makes it a little bit crazy. Um, And then we'll talk about the history. So let's get right into it. So let me just give a little rundown of our trip. So we decided to book this one week in advance, I think, or maybe it was like a week and a half. So I was watching Cars and me and my husband were watching Cars together when we were working from home. We were working. I was like, okay, let's turn on a Disney movie. We decided on Cars. So I started telling him about the Cars land in Disney and like how amazing the they replicated the whole land and all of the rocks and how the ride like goes by the waterfall and all of this cool stuff i was telling him all about cars land how you know in the cars land in uh disney not only does the ride go you know through all of the town and stuff but the entire land is like an exact replica of the town so you can go to these you know the motel like cones and food stands and um, drink stands and there's like a tire shop and all of this stuff. It is so cool. (laughs) So I was telling him all about that and I was like, hey, we should actually try to go to Disneyland. This is like a pretty good time to go probably right after Halloween and then into Christmas. So they might have some Christmas decorations up, but like we don't have any kids right now that are tiny, tiny, like they won't like it. We can go on all the rides you know, our house is delayed. So we have like, we have a little bit of an extra vacation fund. And so let's just, let's just go to Disney. So like a week and a half in advance, we decided to book these. A lot of stuff was full, but we did find this hotel right by the park. So we usually stay at, uh, I'm not going to remember the name of it. I don't know. There's this one hotel that we stay at. That's like a block maybe two blocks away from Disney. And we basically stayed out this one called the Fairfield, um, the Anaheim Fairfield or something like that. And it is just two, it's the same distance away. It's just like on the opposite side of this one street. So it's really, really close. It's within like five minutes walking distance. So it was perfect, but we found a room there. 
it was on the eighth floor so we could see like a partial view of the park kind of a kind of a stretch of a claim that you can see the park because you kind of have to be like out on your balcony it's not like you're just looking right at the park but still we were we're not really in the room that much on these trips so we were like okay this is good so we booked that we flew into santa monica or not santa monica um santa Ana, like orange county airport because it was so cheap and it's way closer to disney it's like 15 minutes or maybe 20 minutes with no traffic away from disneyland and then um it's just a way smaller airport it was like 99 dollars to fly from denver to um, orange county so very very easy and simple we were gonna fly on or we did fly on thursday afternoon and we were gonna come home on monday uh monday morning but that did not happen so i will go over that um but so for thursday the one thing we didn't really plan for was dinner reservations we ended up getting one um, and they were really actually really really good but we got one at this like pretty nice expensive restaurant and because all the other places were booked out so since we only booked a week and a half in advance i think the options were kind of limited anyway but everything's working basically on reservations now all these like nicer sit-down restaurants are very reservation heavy so you have to book them in advance we didn't really realize that until just a couple days before the trip and so um we ended up getting this like pretty nice sit down one but it was only it was like one of four options that were still available to us so if you're going make reservations for food in advance but we made a reservation at i think seven o'clock california time we landed at five and i was like oh well it's only 20 minutes away i kind of forgot that it was a thursday and there was a lot of rush hour traffic so it ended up taking us about 35 or 40 minutes or something like that to actually get to the hotel because of the traffic it didn't feel too bad i was just happy to like not be on a plane but um we got there our hotel check-in was like easy peasy got up to our room relaxed a little bit and then headed out to dinner so we did dinner at downtown disney for the first night since we were in so late that we obviously wouldn't be able to go into the park or it wouldn't be worth it to go into the park so we just did dinner we walked around we went into the world of disney and it was all christmas decorated and we were so excited because we weren't sure if it was going to be fall or christmas and it turns out that this period between halloween and november 12th is like the in between christmas time so there's some christmas stuff but really like it's not all christmas yet so christmas kickoff with all the food and all of that is november 12th so we narrowly missed that but um the it, there was some christmas and world of disney was already christmas time which was so exciting so we walked in there we found these really cool christmas sweaters that we were keeping our eye on for when we wanted to buy our stuff and go shopping we didn't buy them that night but we ended up buying those christmas sweaters and <laughs> having matching sweaters going around the park which like i love it's a little dorky but i still love it so anyway so that was thursday now covid has made a lot of things different for disney so you used to there's okay let me back up there you can buy a ticket and you can buy a ticket just to like a park so there's two big parks in disneyland one is just the main like magic kingdom park and one is california adventure california adventure is the newest one 
Um, and there's like kind of the more trendy rides over there. Like there's a Spider-Man one. There's like this Toy Story, like the new kind of really cool rides. The more classic rides are over in the main park. And so um, you used to be able to upgrade your ticket for and get a park hopper, it's called. So at any point in the day, you can choose to go into any park. But now, because of COVID, and I don't really know how this helps anything with COVID, to be honest, but you have to choose a park to go into first. So I alternated days. So we bought three days of tickets originally. I said that we would go into the Magic Kingdom first for the first and third day, and then California Adventure first for the second day. So I kind of like was alternating them so we could get an early morning and a late night in one of those. Now, I was not aware at the time that like, well, so you start in your park that you choose, and then at one o'clock you're able to switch. So I thought that you had to stay as long as you wanted to like in the original morning park that you chose and then once you switch you had to stay in that park the rest of the day that is not true you get to go into any park after 1 p.m which i'm glad we tried we were like we thought we were kind of like cheating the system at first when they let us through <laughs> but we figured out it was just like it's just allowed like you can go into any park after one which is why i'm confused how this helps with COVID or anything because one o'clock seems to be the time that it gets busy anyway so doesn't seem to make a difference to me but over the course of the three days that we were in the park we went on so many rides because the early morning hours are the best so like the first day we ran to um indiana jones indiana jones was um the let's see indiana jones is like one of the most popular rides it's in adventureland and there's only a few rides that people really like run to early morning they run to Space Mountain, Indiana Jones, and surprisingly, Peter Pan, which we did Peter Pan the morning of the third day. And I was telling my husband, like, yeah, people are running to Peter Pan, like we should go to Peter Pan. And he's like, no, I, I doubt it's for Peter Pan. Like, how could that be that popular of a ride? But it is a classic. And I was even shocked at the amount of people. Like we sped walked, we were in the beginning of the line because we got there early. We sped walked to there and like, probably 25 people were maybe in front of us we looked back and the line was wrapped so much it was like a 45 minute line immediately upon opening so that was a little bit crazy but we just we went to so many rides we ate so much food <laughs> like we got so many snacks and split them that's really the way to do it there's so much food in disney that I would highly recommend just buying a little bit from each stand and then splitting, like not having a full meal. We like snacked all day, um, like the first and second day, because I wanted to show my husband like all of the food places that I liked. So I really enjoyed that. The other thing that I highly recommend is, um, is what was I going to say? Oh my gosh. Oh, go back to your hotel and take a nap. If you take a nap and actually sleep, which I did probably, t I think two of the days I actually slept, the other two I kind of just stayed up. But if you sleep like midday and you wake up and go back in the park, it feels like you're doubling your trip. Because you're going in from like 8 a.m. to like, let's say two, so that's six hours. That feels like a full day. Go back, take a nap, rejuvenate, and then go back into the park from like four to 10. That's another six hours. It's literally like, doubling your trip that is a pro tip for you 
so the other reason that you need to take a nap, <laughs> I feel like a mom, I feel like you need to take a nap, but you do because not only does it like feel like your trip is being doubled, but it also helps with this lull at the end of the day, which I will explain because it's kind of, it's not new, but it's been exacerbated by this new no fast pass rule. So I'd say between like two and probably six, the rides are incredibly busy. Like there is not that big of a chance that you're gonna be riding a ride between two and six, unless you wanna wait like 45, 50 minutes. It's the worst time of the day to try to ride a ride. So if you go back at like two, take a nap to like four, then come back in the park, eat dinner, get a, you know, whatever, get a snack, people watch, relax a little bit and take in the sights, then you're not feeling stressed that you're not riding rides. The first day I kind of forgot about this little break in the day and we were just like, okay, when is it going to calm down so we can go ride a ride? When's it going to? And then it was just this whole kind of day of a little bit of angst because we were like a little bit stressed that we weren't going to be able to ride enough rides. So if you plan that into your day, it's not stressful anymore. If you just say, okay, these are the hours that we're people watching, then around like seven, eight, that's when it kind of starts calming down a little bit. And then especially when there's fireworks, that's when it really starts calming down. So do not be stressed about that time of the day when it's like too busy to do anything. Just go back to the hotel, relax. It'll make your trip feel longer anyway, and then it'll all be good. But that brings me to the fact that there are no fast passes anymore. Now they say they're in between programs essentially. So if you're not familiar with Disney, there was this thing called fast passes where you would go around and put your paper ticket into this machine and it would spit back out a paper fast pass. And that fast pass, like it would be ride specific. So I could go to cars ride and put in my ticket. It would like spit me back out a fast pass and it would say come back and return to this line at 11 o'clock and you get your fast pass so instead of going in the main standby line you go into the fast pass line which is always a lot shorter because they only hand out a certain amount of these fast pass tickets you get on much quicker than the standby we used to like play basically a whole game around fast passes because they they either ha say that you can come back to get a new fast pass for a different ride like two hours after you got this fast pass or um, whenever the fast pass is good for if that wait time is like less than two hours. So it would be a game to like coordinate all the fast passes where they are in the park, get them close together at the good time of the day. That used to minimize that lull period that I was talking about where you just can't ride any rides because you would have a fast pass for that time and so it, it would break it up a little bit. So that's why I think I didn't remember this like long break in the afternoon where there was just no rides happening because we used to have fast passes for that and those worked really well. Now they're in between, they say, these programs. So they're gonna be releasing this lightning lane, which is essentially a fast pass. Um, and they also call it Genie Plus. I'm not really sure what the difference is because they haven't rolled it out yet. But from what I understand, for the Lightning Lane, it costs $15 to $20 more per ticket per day to upgrade. And then you get like two rides in a day that you can choose your time for. And then they said if there's like a very overly popular attraction, you can pay extra to get that ride and it's like a separate package. So it seems like a money-making scheme to me. I mean, I kind of get it because they were closed for a long time because of COVID. 
and they need to make their money back but it just seems ridiculous fast passes have always been free and now they're changing it to paid and then you can pay extra and it's just like this whole I don't like it I do not like it so um, that's not that fun but for right now there's just nothing so that lull if you're there you know in the fall expect that time where you just can't ride any rides but so we got to Friday and or not Friday we got to what day we were supposed to fly back on Monday and we got to Sunday and we're like do you really want this to be our last day in the park because I'm having a lot of fun and we were like yeah I'm having a lot of fun too so we decided that we wanted to extend our trip now you're supposed to buy tickets online you can buy them on the website or online we had already bought a three-day park hopper so we wanted to extend by a day now I didn't know you could extend by a whole day and it was too hard to like get on the phone with someone and I just didn't really know how I could go about getting this other ticket like on the phone so I was just like whatever we're just gonna buy another park hopper for both of us a one day it was gonna be $380 to get a one day park hopper for both of us I mean like that's the combined price so that's like the $100 ticket plus the $60 plus like fees and whatever. So it's going to be $388. And then we, I tried to process it through the app and it says like, we can't charge your card. We can't charge your card. I called it, I tried it so many times, probably tried it 20 times with different cards. Um, like we tried every card we had and it just wouldn't go through. So we finally were, went to the ticket booth on Sunday. So like one day before. Um, which I'm kind of surprised like it wasn't sold out and it wasn't uh, the park reservations were open because you have to reserve like your morning park reservation and your afternoon so I thought for sure like it would get sold out that's why I was such in a rush to buy it on my phone but we ended up not being able to so I went to the park hopper or the ticket booth I should say on Monday and they were able to help us actually extend it instead of buying one day full new park hoppers. It was only $60 to upgrade. And I was almost about to spend $388. She's like, 60 bucks. My jaw dropped. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> because somehow they give you that discount. Like the more days you buy, the more of a discount there is, obviously. So um, it would make sense that buying a one day park hopper on its own would not be as good as extending, but I did not expect it to be that much savings at all. It was like the best thing. I was, I was happy about that all day. <laughs> I was like, we almost spent 388 and we only spent 60. This is amazing. So that was great. We saved a bunch of money there. So we extended, we went to these, ugh, just, we had the best time. It was so, so fun. And I, again, like really really recommend taking um advantage of like the first hour like getting there as soon as it opens because we were able to ride like toy story multiple times pirates multiple times um cars multiple times the other big tip i will give for these really uh high in demand rides is do the single rider line especially with cars so it depends on some rides like how they're formatted if it's good or not like if a single rider works they don't have that for every single um every single ride but things like Matterhorn and cars work really well because there's six people to a car so if you have a group of four they do two people in the front seat two people in the back seat and then they have two single riders go so the single rider is always like zero minute wait 
it was like maybe at the peak when the regular line of cars was 60 minutes we got in in 20 i think but we then a different day when the line was 35 40 minutes we got we rode cars three times in a row with probably a two minute wait total like it was so so quick and two of those three times we got put in the same car so it's kind of like you know because basically the trade-off with single riders that you're going to be split up from your party but we got in the same car anyway so highly recommend that that's a huge tip but okay so enough of my disney tips and, and trip um uh, it was just so so fun i can't wait for pa fast passes to come back but it was a great time so let's get a little bit into the history of this so it all starts with Walt Disney. You've probably heard of him. <laughs> he first spoke about the amusement park because he took his daughters to a carousel in Griffith, Griffith Park, which is in California. So there was already a Walt Disney Studios, which this I was confused about. I forgot it, whether the studio, like the cartoons and stuff came first or the parks. Turns out it was the studio, which I guess makes sense because that's why the parks are so like uh, focused on the characters and stuff because the characters were created by the studio in the cartoons. So Snow White was already out. Mickey was well known from the studio and all these cartoons. And Walt started getting all these letters about people wanting to visit the studio. But from what he could tell, they didn't just want to see a studio. They wanted like an experience to like visit you know, Mickey and, and all these characters that he had created. So he wanted to come up with some sort of park, some sort of family friendly place for families to take their kids and to have it be more wholesome. Because as he explained it, or as this website explained it now, um, the typical theme park then was not very family friendly. There were Apparently, they were well known for over-serving beer to the people that were at the park. And so there were a lot of drunks around and stuff like that, which is sad because the one big thing I noticed that I did not like is the amount of alcohol in Disney now. It used to not be sold in Disneyland, like Magic Kingdom Park, and it was only sold in select places in California Adventure. But I'm pretty sure like after COVID, they're trying to make more money there is alcohol everywhere like every stand has an alcohol option every stand has something like there's a cappuccino cart with like breakfast burritos and coffee and you can order like an irish bailey's coffee with alcohol in it it was it blew my mind i don't like it i mean i do like i mean i, I like drinking but i don't like the fact that there's like drinking in disney to that extent it just felt so not as good you know it felt like it was cheapened a little bit so that's a little sad that part of the reason that disney was created was because of like alcohol like the over serving of alcohol in other th parks and now it's kind of it's right there i didn't see many drunk people though so that's kind of interesting i think more people just get like drunk in downtown disney and i have seen a couple drunk people there but that was even before they served alcohol in the parks um, okay, so the original concept was very small. So it was going to be an eight-acre piece of land. And it was supposed to be a little boat ride and a couple little themed areas right across the street from the studio. So that was like the extent of it. But as the concept kept growing and as he kept brainstorming and got with all these designers and stuff, they realized they needed a ton of more space. So they ended up finding 160 acres located in Orange County, California. 
So it used to be an orange grove. Um, and you could see this kind of history of like the orange grove and stuff in Soarin' Over California, that ride, which they've now changed to Soarin' Over the World. But when it was Soarin' Over California, they made sure to highlight the orange groves because they built on a former orange grove. Um, so it was originally named Mickey Mouse Park and then Disneylandia, which thank goodness that all changed to just Disneyland. Um, and this is like kind of amazing. They purchased the land in they purchased the land in Anaheim and started construction in 1954. Then it only took one year to build and they opened on July 17th, 1955. So whenever I do a date now, I like to have like some sort of surrounding events for other things that are happening because I start, as I've been researching these historical events, I keep realizing I, I throw out these dates. I'm like, oh, that's this company was created in like 1942 or something. And then I'm like, wait, that was in the middle of World War II or something. Like, how are you starting this business in the middle of a war? You know, it just makes it everything a little bit more interesting. So um, let's go over a few other things that are happening in 1955, just to get some historical context. So the polio vaccine was announced to be safe and effective. The Cold War is on the rise and about to peak I looked up the peak. It says 1962. So we're just about seven years in front of the um, peak of the Cold War, but we are still in the Cold War. Um, communist countries are signing the Warsaw Agreement. James Dean died this year. And GM is the first U.S. company to make over a billion dollars in a year. So we're in the auto boom here. So that just gives some historical context there. Um, it cost $17 million and took one year to build, as I mentioned. $17 million is $175 million in today's dollars I looked up. So pretty expensive, but it only had 18 rides originally. And, um, and I don't exactly know what the 18 were. It says rides or attractions. I think one was like a carousel and one was a little boat ride and stuff like that. So 18 attractions and the ticket price was $1 to get in. But the difference is they did it like with a different um what is it structure like charging structure i guess it was one dollar to get in but then each ride cost money separately so if you rode all 18 your trip was going to be more expensive than if you rode no rides so july 17th was a preview day for invited guests and members of the press before opening to the public but it was a disaster which i forgot i told this to my family and they were all like yeah i know that's kind of a well-known fact um I did not know. So the dedication ceremony uh, included the governor of California uh, and Ronald Reagan, Robert Cummings. So it was televised live. It broadcast to 90 million viewers, which at the time was the largest TV audience in history. And this was like a big deal. This The opening of this park was, was huge. But it didn't go well, as I mentioned. <laughs> there the weather was over 100 degrees so it was super hot so hot that women's heels were sinking into the asphalt because it was really new and so the heat made it too soft and so the heels were going right into the asphalt as they were walking around there were 28,000 people in attendance but there were only supposed to be like it was supposed to be under half of that so more than half of the people that were there invited themselves it says and like broke in or forged tickets or jumped the fence then there was a plumber's strike that day so walt had to choose between 
functional toilets or functional drinking fountains. So he chose toilets naturally, which seems like a good choice. However, there was this conspiracy theory that kind of got um, raised out of that because everyone thought that he was just not supplying water to make everyone buy Pepsi because Pepsi was like sponsoring it or something and Pepsi was selling their stuff at Disney. So it was a conspiracy theory that Pepsi did all this to make more money. So that was a mess. And then let's see, there was other something else in my nose. Oh yeah, traffic was gridlocked on the freeway. And so the celebrity guests, Frank Sinatra and Debbie Reynolds were late for their appearances. And then there was a gas leak, which caused three of the five lands to close. So that was the first day. <laughs> but Walt still, after all that, gave his speech, which says this, to all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here, age relives fond memories of the past, and here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. So they turned it around after the first day. It was a disaster, but you know, they were very good at pivoting. So they, um, fixed those issues and 5 million people ended up visiting the park just in the first year. Um, they put up the plaque too on this opening day, or maybe it was already up, I guess, but the plaque has been there since the beginning. And it says, ugh, I keep rotating my phone and then the notes scroll to a bad place, but, um, okay. So it says, here you leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. So those uh, talk about the lands. So there's like Fantasyland, uh, Tomorrowland, and not Yesterdayland, but there's like Adventureland, Frontierland. So, um, okay. So then here is like a breakdown of when different rides hap uh, open. So 1959, Matterhorn was built. 1963, the Tiki Room was built. 66, Small World opened. 67, Pirates opened. I did not realize that Pirates... Well, it took me just till a couple years ago to realize that that ride was not based on the movies, that the movies were based on the ride, and I did not know that that was made in the 60s. Um, the Haunted Mansion was opened in 69. Space Mountain opened in 77. And John Glenn and Alan Shepard, the astronauts who landed on the moon actually took the first ride on space mountain um 93 toontown opened oh 89 I, oh i missed a couple uh 79 thunder mountain opened 89 splash mountain opened uh 93 was toontown 95 was indiana jones which is amazing uh 2001 california adventure opens as a whole so up until 2001 it was only the one Magic Kingdom Park. And then as a note, you know, Disney was closed like a lot of the pandemic. So March to, I want to say like last March or something. Um, it was closed for basically a year, I think. And it, before that, it had only closed twice. One was the day after Kennedy was shot because the whole country was mourning. And one was during 9-11. So it's only closed a couple times. 
But that is the history of Disneyland. That is my trip. I did do a video on my trip. So go to the Abby Rancor uh, YouTube channel. Go watch that. It was so fun. You can see all the good food we ate and all the good rides we rode and all of that. So that's all for today's podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And I will see you probably tomorrow with a Bible study episode that I was supposed to do Thursday. So I will talk to you later. Bye.